You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al Jerry. All right, Thursdays, we wrap up podcast week on the fan. Well, really, WFAN.com. We're kind of iTunes and Play.it or wherever the hell you're listening to this. What's up, Albert? You can uh, Google it, and it'll come up in whatever podcast thing you like to use, Jerry. I, you know what I like? I like to go to the Play.it site and just hit play. You do? That's what I do. I go to iTunes. Yeah, I don't understand the whole Apple thing, so I don't, oh. I don't go to iTunes. Yeah, I probably ignore people that don't have Apple. Yeah, because uh, you do, I do because everything. Every time you tweet it out, the link you always give is iTunes. iTunes. Well, you know why? Because uh, like Android or whatever the hell you guys are using, other than iPhone, Which is so much better than iPhone. Th- they don't have one podcast app, so it's very confusing for people. Uh, it's not okay. easy. You I'm have to a... be like you have to be somebody who's searching out podcasts. Agreed. I'm or not, the I'm Apple really... one is just right there on your front page of your phone. Yeah, I'm not interested. Oh. I mean, Google, Pod, mm-hmm. I think Google has something like that. I, I'm not sure. They I'm don't. really not into podcasts except ours, yeah. which is fantastic. Uh, okay. You also got to check out this uh, Missing Richard Simmons podcast. I'm fascinated by You're it. You're serious about it. Yeah, that. I was very serious. Oh, not really, quite serious. I got to be honest, not that interested. Not interested. All right. Uh, I am interested in your shirt, though. You're wearing the seven-line shirt today. I am. And we had a brief conversation off the air. I'll ask you here. So they're running all these trips. And I think I want to take my 12-year-old on one of these trips. And you actually recommend it. They're not, I'm not going to run into a bunch of drunken slobs no. with F-bombs running all over the place. Not at all. So the Seven Line is that group of uh, fans that sits out in uh, center field at yep. City Field. Uh, they they do. They used to just do one trip a year. Then they got to two trips a year. Now they're going multiple trips a year. They go to a, a ballpark in another city. Yep. They buy up a big section. And it's so noticeable. It's awesome. Very noticeable. They do chants. They wear the same color shirt. It's a great time, and you were thinking of going with your son. I was. I think I say I think you go St. to Louis. that. They, yeah, it, it would be a very good time. And they're, what's neat is I think they're going to St. Louis for a Saturday game, so I wouldn't even have to take off. I could just fly Friday and come back Sunday. It's actually a little tiring sitting with them because they're so into it. Because they're baseball fans? Yeah, and they're cheering every strikeout, every pitch. They're yelling to this, whoever's out in the field where they're uh, sitting. You know what they're called? Good fans. Good fans, Jerry. <laughs> they pass around the giant heads, cut out heads. Yes, that's neat. Uh, they hold different signs up for whoever's pitching or yes. whoever's in the outfield. They've got chance for every player. I'm it's into this. very exciting. i got to do this with my son. Giddy up. Get on it, Jerry. Giddy up. I think you're going to like that. Here's something that I don't recommend you doing with your son if you are in Spain. Well, I don't, I'm not going to Spain. Oh, perfect. Then uh, I'll tell you the story, but you have no worries of running into this then. Okay. Uh, you know, we've talked here uh, about the real doll. 
Yes, which is a doll that um, people. It's a it's a doll that looks like a real person that people have sexual relations with. Yeah, and they have sex with it. Yeah, they have sex with it. I don't friends. know about relations. Okay, well, either way, uh, in Spain, uh, you can now visit a sex doll only brothel. <laughs> they only have you go in there. You pay to have sex with the real doll. All right, is that cheating? I uh, I do think that's cheating. I do too. I'm just wondering. That's a great question. You're not really having sex or a an emotional connection with anybody. It's right. not real. I don't think it's cheating, but I think if your wife found out, she would be so super disgusted at how creepy that is that she'd be out. <laughs> wife or girlfriend. It's almost worse. Right. In a way. Right. You could, you could uh, people fall for other human beings in life. This would be you having relations with a doll. It's really almost uh, um, embarrassing. Like, why not just stay home and do it to yourself? Like, why go to a brothel? And uh, you call ahead on this one, Jerry, here in Spain. Let's see what you do there. And you, oh, I see. And you let them know uh, which doll you want. There are four of them. Uh, I just, I'm sorry. Yes, Jerry. I just thought of a just disgusting thought. Well, I'm sure I have the answer right here. I've, I've read this thoroughly. Okay, I'm glad you have. Is there protection used? There is. Each yeah, first of all, they clean it out with sanitizer. Well, that makes and, me feel better. Yeah, uh, they provide condoms for all of the uh, the gentlemen. You remember when you told the story about how you got some sort of a device when you were in Tampa? Yes. And because everybody on the show has given it, you actually one day said, "Oh, what the hell? I'll, I'll try, try it." it. Sure. And the moment after you I tried it, you really felt just yes beneath the. I mean, just awful. Right, not human. How could you feel? After this. Right. Like, there's clearly somebody working a front desk here. Uh-huh. So you have to go in and human to human say, I've made an appointment with uh, Lily, the real doll. That's one of the names. Now, when you call ahead, they want to know, uh, what position would you like the doll in when you enter the room? Oh, my God. And what would you like the doll to be wearing? How do you even walk in the front door? Yeah. But then you have to leave, which is... Probably worse. Like, as bad as if you bought one of those and mm-hmm. you had it yourself at home. Right. Your penis is the only one right. that is getting use Correct. of the doll. Correct, Jerry. If you go to this place, A, you're shamed for walking in. Very shameful. B, you take the walk of shame into the room. Mm-hmm. Then you do the deed. Right. Then that feeling has to come over you, I think, of what in the hell did I just do? Right. And then... The shame walk times three as you have to say goodbye to right, the people goodbye. that know what you just did. Yes. With a doll that's had other men in it. Mm-hmm. Well, the name of the place, if anyone is going to Spain this summer, is <laughs> Lumi Doll. Lumi Doll. And what do you think it would cost you for a, first of all, I don't know why you would need a one-hour session with the doll. Because like with, if you go to a hooker for an hour, there is some talking. There's some... Uh, I mean, it's at least another human being. Well, and she so, could just continue to service you for all the right. hour. Well, what do you think a one-hour session... Let me ask you this. Yes. I have no idea. What do you think, if you had to give your best guess, what does a one-hour session cost with a professional? I, I think it it really varies depending on what they look like. Okay. Uh, it's like a top-of-the-line No. Model. Give me something in the middle. $400. For an hour. I would think. Then I would say something like this would go a buck and a quarter. Wow. You, 120 This is a strange price. $126. <laughs> I was within a dollar. You, you, yes. 
Yeah, I got business sense, Al. Yeah, you do have business sense. So <laughs> uh, that's if you're going on a trip to Spain. So if this all year. four of their dolls are mm-hmm. engaged with men, right? At one that time, that place is making essentially five hundred dollars an hour. Uh, yes. Would this be legal in the United States? That I don't know. Um, Why not? Uh, because you're still they're what? still doing sexual acts in a room. But what about the peep shows? Yeah, I don't know how that works. <laughs> right? I mean, there are adult video stores where you can go into a peep room. Right. Or a video room. Yes. I mean, in theory, you could say, come spend an hour with the doll. You don't have to do anything. Right. So you're suggesting maybe this place opens a, like in the old Times Square before in the 80s, Times Square was terrible. Mm-hmm. Doll companionship. And then do whatever you want with the thing. Although I guess if you're handing out condoms, that's kind of... Uh, that kind of gives it away. Forbes magazine got involved with this, Jerry. They report that they've been popular in Japan for quite some time, especially with husbands working away from home who don't want to be unfaithful. Did you see the story in the paper this morning of the female attorney who is suing the executive? I forget what company it was because he brought her on a trip and just had sexual advance after sexual advance was, you know, perusing strip clubs like crazy hookers like crazy. Oh, I did see that. He was and expensing it all. He was expensing it all and his wife didn't know. Now she does, obviously. Like, what do you guys, do you guys really think they're going to get away with it? I suppose so. Like, listen, if you wanted to cheat on your girlfriend once, maybe twice, I do think you could. And as long as you could deal with the shame and the, uh, just the, the bad feeling. The guilt, Jerry. Yeah, I guess guilt's probably the right word. That's true. Um, I was thinking more just kind of being embarrassed that you did it, but guilt sure. is a good word too, I guess. You could get away with it, right? You could, there's no reason you couldn't meet someone at a bar in New York City after work, a one night thing done, and it's, it's on your conscience to let it be known or not. You'd never see the girl ever again. Right. It could happen, and your girlfriend could do it where she works. My wife could do it, uh, no doubt. But the lengths at what this guy was doing and what a lot of these guys do before they get caught. I mean, there's, there's like paper trails, right? There, I yes. mean, look at Tiger Woods. His stupid phone was the evidence. Some of these guys are just so well, stupid. Well, they'll say sometimes that uh, psychologically those are people that want to be caught. So uh, they do things to get themselves caught. I suppose. I mean, you, but it costs you so well, much money. Well, I think money. here's the problem. Once you cheat once, I don't yeah. think you stop and they uh, just keep going and then you... they get caught and then eventually it. It's kind of like what I was saying yesterday with the drugs. You know, if you, you do it once, you don't think it's that big of a right. deal. Well, I'll do it again. What the hell? I did it once. Right. I do it three times, ten times. Who cares? And all of a sudden you end up being a big dealer. It's like eating Girl Scout cookies. You have one thin mint, then a second one, and you eat a whole sleeve. Now you're eating boxes. There's no stopping. Unless you're like me, discipline, Jerry. I have two Girl Scout cookies after dinner. Two thin Mints. I don't eat cookies. Oh. Jerry, you're a big Twitter guy, right? You love not the really. Twitter. You are I mean, all I'm over on it because I have to be. Oh, you're on it. But you, so you're not a big Twitter guy. No. Uh, oftentimes, you know, sometimes. Hold on, be, I'm getting a tweet. Wait, wait a second. Sometimes people be nasty, Jerry, and uh, they tend to be what we say the eggs where they don't have a yes. photo. Well, uh, starting, uh, I think it was yesterday, actually, uh, Twitter will allow users like yourself to block anyone with an egg avatar. Really? Yeah. Just get them right off. I like that. Now, I would do that, but I I fear it would affect my numbers, and I like to have a lot of Twitter followers, so I won't be doing that. I do mute a lot of people, though. Like, there's certain people that just attack Craig on the uh, 
mm-hmm. at Boomer and Carton a Twitter account. Sure. And I used to block those people. But I think some people get the satisfaction out of knowing that you block them. Yes. So now I mute them. So I don't see any of their crap ever. And, and they have they, no idea that they, that they think I'm still getting it. You know how many people I have muted in the last six months? You're a muter. It is, and it's because of the po- because of politics. Right. I can't take it anymore. And it's, right. it's this is not pro-Trump. This is an anti-Trump. This is from both sides. I am so sick of everybody. When I see you start tweeting about politics, I'm out. That's it. You're muted. I can't even. I don't even care if it's a coworker. It's like I'm done. And it's been a lot. And then I had one guy the other day that I muted. He was very mean. I had to mute Harris Allen on uh, Facebook. I believe it. He was, you know, I used to like following Harris Allen because um, he's a music guy, yes. a classic rocker. We yeah. we share a lot of music in common. Huge into politics. Yeah, he's constantly with Donald Trump stuff. I don't know what he's even talking about. I right. had a I had a I had a mute on that one. Yeah, no, I listen. I get it. I totally understand it. I actually like that that you can do that. Yeah. How about this, Jerry? Yeah, sure. A man in a Port St. Lucie, Florida. That's where the Mets are. Is this a Syndergaard story? It's not a Syndergaard Matt story. Harvey. No, it's not even Met related. Gavin Shakini. No, not sure who that is. Yes, you do. Uh, well, here a man got caught posing as the drummer for Nickelback. Who would even know who that is? Well, I guess that was his theory. He was buying all sorts of equipment, uh, you know, musical equipment, yeah. and charging it to the Nickelback account, which I guess they had at some sort of uh, equipment store. This is an inside job. And it's just a guy who posed as the Nickelback guy, the drummer, whoever that would be. So it turns out they went to the actual Nickelback drummer. I was like, you've been charging a lot of uh, items. He goes, I didn't buy anything. Hmm. This guy. They... But it has to be an inside job because how would you know that they have an account in what specific store? Right. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And if you're in that store, how do you not know who the band is if they have an account? Well, I guess, well, that's a good question. I, I don't know. This guy's 45 years old who was pretending to be the drummer for Nickelback. He's now out on 25000 No, he bought $25,000 worth of high-end microphones. He's going to have to sell them so he can make bail. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's not good for him. By the way, speaking of music, you know what band I've gotten into a lot lately? Nickelback. No. Uh, it was kind of one of those where you'd hear a song and it's like, God, I like this band, but I never really ran down their list of hits or songs. Linkin Park might be the most underrated rock band from the late 90s into the 2000s. All right. Their list of hit songs is, and they kind of, they cross over different genres. Like you'll hear them on K-Rock in LA, which yes, I still listen to online, even with the dumb commercials. Uh, I'll put them on Amazon Music. And they you you'll find them on a Z100 sometimes or a 1027 maybe not 1027 but in 923 you'll hear them sometimes uh, and then like I said you'll hear them on rock stations really good band I don't know if you're into them or not I'm not a big uh, Lincoln Park guy but you also seem to like when I play Kings of Leon as I like bumper that music I thought it was a really good song you always ask about them. you go who's this yeah I got to start getting some of their music yeah put hit that on your Amazon Music playlist or something on the way home today. Jerry, I know Boomer brought this up uh, earlier in the week, I think. Uh, I didn't really know what he was talking about when he first brought it up. I thought I had something to do with hockey. But it was um, in Philadelphia, they passed something called the uh, soda tax. Right. Where they've basically doubled the price of a soda in the city of Philadelphia, which really cut into the business of people that sell soda. Right. Because it did have a dramatic effect. They said 50% 
drop in purchases of soda once the price doubled. For like sense. a six pack of soda, twelve pack of soda. Yeah. Um. So people that have soda as one of their main things in these uh, little uh, corner shops, these little Seven Eleven type stores, really cutting into their profits. I I don't like I don't drink soda, but I don't. This seems weird. This doesn't seem like cigarettes to me. Um. And yet people will say. Over the length of your life, it can be worse. If you just drink a lot of sodas. Yes. Now, I'm with you. I'll be very clear about that. I'm with you. I do not think we should be putting this huge tax on soda. Yeah, if you have 10 of them a day, it's going to kill you. But most people I don't think do. And right. I very rarely drink soda. But if I want to go buy a 12-ounce can of Coke, I shouldn't be looked like a demon for wanting to have a can of Coke right. once in a while. You have it as a treat. Agreed. Now, I do understand it really is a complex argument because you look at the country we live in, you're supposed to live a free life and do what you want when you want it within the laws, of course. Otherwise, all you have is, you know, disorder. And I get that. But at the, on the flip side, you want to know why our rising medical costs are what they are, and you can go right to the American diet. We eat like crap. We drink like crap. We end up in the, in the doctor offices and the hospitals more. And we have more diseases than a lot of other countries because of the way we eat and drink. So I do understand trying to stem people away from sugar and all sorts of things like that and the trans fats, right? But that's also you got to have a conscience and live your life. So I don't know. It's a tough one. It really is because I do see both sides. Jerry, does this make it now that they're doubling the price of soda in Philadelphia that only rich people can drink soda? Will this now be seen as like, you know how like, You'll see rich people drinking bougie wine. Um, Will we now think the same of someone who grabs himself a Coca-Cola? I'll answer it this way. I have seen people in Wawa, in Quick Check, in 7-Eleven that are driving a car that's being held together by black electrical tape. Their clothes have holes all over it. They look like a mess, and they're scrounging up whatever change they can find to get that next pack of cigarettes that cost $9. Right. You would think smoking would be something for the rich because it's, I mean, think about that. If you smoke, and when I used to smoke back in high school, you know, even my first year of college still, I think, I think, that was about a pack a day. Some days a little more. Multiply $9 times seven and then times four for the month and then times 52 for the year. It's a lot of money. When I worked in drug fair in New Jersey, and this was, I worked there in uh, 1988, I worked behind the counter where the cigarettes were and I would sell cigarettes. And I sold a uh, a pack, not a pack, a, a carton. A carton, 10 a, packs. A carton of Marlboros. Let me guess, hold on. Now I'm thinking about you, when you were, this had to 88, be 88. 86 to 88, where well, I worked there. I was smoking in 92. Drug and I fair. was spending, I'm going to say you could get a carton of cigarettes with the discount for $18. Exa- that, you nailed it exactly. Boy, I got business sense. It was $18 <laughs> yeah. for a carton of Marlboros. I believe it, yeah. Because I remember in 92, cigarette prices started to go up, where they were starting to reach the high twos to maybe even $3. And I lo- I loved in the day a Newport. I mean, there was, to me, nothing better than a menthol cigarette, but it had to be Newport because the other one, like, cool was cool. disgusting. Marlboro menthol I thought was awful. But Newport was, I mean, I thought it was the best. And I remember when it went to, like, two ninety five. I remember going into the gas station. I'm like, how much? I'm like, I'm not spending Think about it now, right? I am not spending $3 on a pack of cigarettes. And the guy behind the counter goes, I got a deal for you. We have new generics that came in. $1.45. I'm like, you know what? For half the price, I'm in. 
and they weren't terrible. And so those were the prices we were talking about back then. So yeah. So what if I go to buy a carton of Marlboro right now? What would that cost me? Seventy dollars, I think. <laughs> I think from eighteen to seventy dollars. Yeah, I think so. Because the te- because a pack of cigarettes, a pack. If you go across the street now, I know New York's a little more expensive than Jersey, maybe even significantly more. But if you go across the street to the, um, it's not a deli, but that little uh, little marketplace that they mm-hmm. have. With the candy and the ice cream and the you buy chips. lotto tickets, and it's not even a deli, but they have a pack of Marlboros is twelve dollars, and I think their cartons are one hundred eight. I want to say for a carton of cigarettes. That's why I see sometimes like uh, out in front of buildings, wherever you work, people are always smoking out there because you yeah. can't smoke inside. I'll see people bumming cigarettes off people. No way! And in my head, I'm like, oh, uh, give me two dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm totally with you. Can I bum a cigarette? Those Listen. are people that are pretending they don't smoke. They only occasionally have a cigarette, so they won't buy a pack themselves. They'll just bum a cigarette. Yeah. And, and by the way, in the day, that was fun. Bumming it, a cigarette. It was, you know what? It was sociable. It was fun. You're out, especially at a bar. I mean, you know, you want to talk to pretty girls. Long ago, you'd have a cigarette outside. You'd always find girls out there having a drink. I mean, right. it was, especially down the shore when it was nice out and the weather was good. It was nothing better. I think the only thing better... Then a beer and a cigarette was a cup of coffee and a cigarette. Tremendous. That's the hairdresser's diet back in the uh, 80s. Uh, by the way, it might still be. When I was getting gas yesterday in the gas station, they have, uh, you know, like mini billboards in uh, the windows of their uh, the stores. Yeah. And it was for spirit cigarettes. Okay, I remember Indian uh, reservation cigarettes. Indian reservation. Yeah. It said all natural tobacco, no additives. All right. And in my head, I was like, hmm. If I ever took up smoking, I'd go with those Indian cigarettes. I, well, the question would be, if there's no additives, does that mean there's no nicotine in it? Because if there's no nicotine in it, all of a sudden you can, huh. I'm not saying go smoke, but if there's no nicotine in it, you can actually smoke in moderation. But of course, if that's the case, it, you will weed off it. Well, maybe they maybe it has the natural nicotine that tobacco has. It's not any additives. By the way, the minimum allowed carton of cigarettes in the state of New Jersey as of January 1st. Oh, right. And I'm not talking about the discounted ones. I'm talking about Cool. I'm talking about Marlboro, um, some of these other ones. By law, you can't sell it for less than $75.10 a carton. So there you go. My dad was a big uh, Marlboro Reds uh, smoker. Yeah, those gave me, my God, I felt like I was putting nails down my throat. And I remember when I was a little kid, I had my big wheel, and I would, uh, and I had a... Uh, piece of plastic that was looked like a cigarette yeah well sure and i would drive around well, how about the cigarette candy we used right, to get cigarette candy because it was cool yeah i would drive around with the cigarette plastic one in my mouth riding my big wheel uh pretending i was and driving was, a stick shift and there was nothing wrong with it back right. then now you see a kid doing that what's get that out of your mouth <laughs> right right they'll think bad power out of your mouth I, by the way i could do i literally could do an entire segment on this Oh, a whole the podcast to- on, uh, oh, on, 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 on chewing tobacco and cigarettes and being out socially with it. And, you know, just it's it's an interesting topic, but we got to go. Oh, all right, Jerry. You, you got to do day. a smoke break or something? Uh, yeah. Camel and filtered. I'll be back. All right, Jerry. Back See after you? this. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. What was that last part? It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Al and Jerry. It's just like Boomer and Carton without Boomer or Carton. Good luck with that. And a Thursday morning. What's up, Al? How are you? Oh, hi, Jerry. You are predictable. Why? Well, so I went out to dinner last night with my parents for my wife's birthday. I got my salad with no dressing on it again. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, And the topic of Dancing with the Stars came up. Oh. 
and the new roster came out. And one of the first things I said was, well, I guess I'll be talking about this at 545 tomorrow morning. Absolutely, Jerry. As usual. You love this stuff. They have some athletes on there. They do. Uh, some well-known. Some no one's going to know who they are. Okay. And that's well, what I don't understand because this is a very popular show. Yes. I mean, Emmett Smith has won it all. Jerry Rice was on it, right? Jerry Rice was on it. Uh, Donald Driver won it all, I believe. Uh, Heinz Ward was on it. Antonio Brown was on it. Okay. Like big name NFL stars. It's a marquee show. When people are on that, their careers uh, in commercials and that sort of thing really take off because people do watch it. Right. What's your problem so, with I got two. Nancy Kerrigan. I'm all on board with that. Right. You know, very famous. Or or Jerry, they say, well, no, she is famous. Tanya Harding was infamous. Agreed. They should put her on with Nancy no, Kerrigan. No, 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 no. That no, I would no, watch. No, no, no. By the way, have you seen Tanya Harding? She's uh, not in the best shape. No, not good at all. Yeah. Which is not a surprise. But anyway, they're one for one. One all for one, Nancy, Nancy Kerrigan. Kerrigan. Yeah. I'm aboard on that. Uh, you brought up yesterday doing one of your updates, uh, David Ross. Two for two. I'm not even sure that's two for two because I don't know Ro- that he's a household name for he, people ag- who watch that show. I agree he wasn't until the World Series. All right. I think he was a baseball name, and you really had to be into it to know who he was besides just a journeyman catcher. World Series, he became granddad. He was a focal point. People know David Ross. All right. I'm going to give you that one We're even though I two. would argue. Or three for him. three. What are we? Uh, there's a, uh, a bull rider named Bonner Bolton. All right, here's the problem with this. For us, not good. Middle America, probably very popular. Probably the CBS Sports Network uh, viewers know him well. They probably do. Because uh, they do some bull riding action. I'm going to go three for three. All right. I'm not giving you that one. But <laughs> now here's one who we would know here in New York, but I can't imagine anyone outside of the New York area knowing who Rashad Jennings is. Oh, yes. If you're a football he's, fan, you know who But he's is. not even on a team right now. Well, not right now, but Adrian Peterson's not on a team right now. Yeah, you but, know who he is? Yes, of course. Well, okay. Well, he's got, uh, he has a Hall of Fame-type career numbers. Right. Rashad Darrell Jennings. Remus is not on a team. Right. Again, future Hall of Famer. Right. Rashad Jennings may not be on a team this year. He might not, but if you know, if you watch football, you know who he is. First of all, props to his agent, whoever got him on that show, because that is a very popular show you and watch a it. great career move. Do you watch it? I do watch it. And then how about this one, Jerry? So Rashad Jennings, I'm not giving you that one. Middle America right. does not know who Rashad Jennings yes. is. Uh, but are we talking about the football fan? Or are we talking about no, just football? Uh, besides me, Jerry, football fans are not watching Dancing with the Stars. Well, I agree with that. That's true, actually. That's one of the shows you watch with your wife because you watch football all day Sunday. You feel bad and you kind of give her one back. Yeah, Monday yeah. rolls around. You go, we'll watch Dancing with the Stars. Or you could just go to sleep early. And then also they've added Mr. T. Which, by the way, is for everybody knows who Mr. T is. Agreed. Clubber Lang, right? The A-team. Sure. Good with that. And, of course, The Bachelor. Everyone, well, knows, knows, who everyone knows who Nick the Bachelor is. Eddie, what's Nick the Bachelor? Well, Eddie doesn't know. You he just said everybody at, knows. Eddie goes to bed at 2 p.m. You ju- your words. I'm everybody saying, knows who Nick the Bachelor is. I could be an insomniac, and I would never watch The no Bachelor. Would I. So you're, you've got two out of three, as Meatloaf said, not bad or ain't bad. You lose. I'll say this to you guys. Uh, bad for bad job by you guys. I paid the fool. That's your loss that you're not watching oh, The yeah, Bachelor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah, sleep at night. My life is so meaningless because I don't watch I that effing Bachelor. So, uh, Rashad Jennings, nonsense. my guess is he'll be bounced uh, week one. They'll probably put him with a week. We're talking about the NFL or the or this Dancing with the well, Stars? Well, he's not even on an NFL team right now. Dancing be. with the Stars bounced. Bounced. But gone. the athletes normally do well because they're very 
uh, svelte and they move smoothly, Jerry. Like that? Uh, great footwork. Right. Even Warren Sapp, I think, did all right on that show. Warren Sapp was on dancing. Yeah, he was. With the stars. Uh, he was on dancing. Wasn't mm-hmm. Boomer going to do that? Uh, Boomer claims that he was offered Dancing with the Stars years ago, and his daughter, uh, at the time, she did not like the idea of it. Because here's the thing: you do, if you're a married guy on ba- on Dancing with the yeah. Stars, you dance very close with these women. Agreed. And a lot of hip movement and thrusting. <laughs> There's a lot of thrusting. And that does not. Which is always weird when the <laughs> the wives or husbands of sure. the participant is in the crowd watching, supporting. By the way, forget that. How about the work that goes into getting to that point? Yes, a lot of work. Like eight hours together of, right. of bumping and grinding, yeah. as you like to put it. Of doing the lambada, right. the forbidden dance. <laughs> uh, you love reality TV, so yes, that's why this is very predictable. Have you ever watched Now, This is a show I have watched and I like. I would think, actually, Eddie, if he stumbled upon it, and it's the Discovery Channel, so I'm sure he probably has, Naked and Afraid. Have you All ever right. seen that? Eddie, you've, been, you've seen that, correct? I have not. But here's the thing. You would like that. They're not naked on television. It's no. In pixelated. A lot of, in a lot of... They pixelated. That whole p- premise of the show is being naked, and now you're pixelating it. But they are naked. They're naked, just pixelated for television. <laughs> what is wrong with that? Now, you? are there athletes on this show? It's no. a lot of hip uh, well, movement and thrusting. Not really, but there is a pro surfer and a bikini model. Oh. Who is in it? Her name is Anastasia Ashley. Now, TMZ Sports caught up with her because she left. After just a she couple left of the days, island. she was having problems with sand flies. Oh, I see. So a couple of clips from her. And I'm, my question would be, even if it was for a lot of money, do you think you could do this? She had issues with sand flies all over. Fortunately, I didn't really get bit on my face. Um, you know, I had some on my butt. So she had them there. Yeah. Uh, she she kind of continues to talk about how brutal this was. I didn't really know what was biting me. At night, I started to feel this stinging bite so for you you'd be right to the emergency room i would be out <laughs> how long would you could you well, last a couple of nights or do you think this would be an hour and get me the hell out of well, here well for men being naked and afraid <laughs> is a very bad look so i, I would be gone oh throw a leaf over it will yeah you? <laughs> no i've often fantasized about being on survivor you fantasize yeah, about but that could i be on survivor probably not probably not you I had a so. one instance al when you had a uh a something uh, on your something? A tick on his something, yes. Yes, yes I got a, a tick on my private area. Right. Which was very scary. Now, most people, Eddie, when that happens, you go right to the doctor and you don't really have many discussions. Who'd you call, Al? I called my sister. Well, she has children and children get ticks well, all the time. Well, that, kids get ticks. I got to be honest with you. I love my sister. If that happened to me, probably not the first phone call I'm making. And she told me to get the tweezers out and... Here come the jokes. Your- <laughs> like, like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and cross your fingers, you know. And here you are. And it worked. To live and tell about it. So I could probably be on one of these reality shows. Well, I don't know about that. For like mm. five minutes, maybe. 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 Give me the Jose Obreo story. Yeah, so he's on the White Sox. Jose he's a first Abreu. baseman, yes. And he has quite a story. He, he uh, came over from Cuba. And uh, there's a trial going on, which is kind of complicated. That's not the point of this story. So I want to bog you down in actual With facts details. and details. <laughs> You're too late. <laughs> he um, tells the story of when he, he was going from Haiti to Miami, uh, and he had a fake passport. And then the deal was once you get to America, at that time, if you had no papers on you and you landed in America, you stayed in America. So he didn't want to get caught having fake papers. Because evidently that's worse than having no papers. Send you right back, right. Right, send you right back. 
So he ordered himself a uh, Heineken. Now, oftentimes what people would do, is they, would, they would shred their fake passport and hide it, discard it in the plane. Mm-hmm. But I, I would be nervous to do that, as he was nervous to do that. So he ordered himself a uh, Heineken and uh, ate his passport. Do what you got to do. With his beer. Well, didn't he, from what I read briefly, he, he ate the first page. With the false with, information. And the photo. And the photo. To get it. He out. ate that. Right. I. You know what? This is a life and death situation for some people. Right. I think you would do the. While you could not last a day on Naked and Afraid or Survivor, you would do this in that situation. Absolutely. And I think if you if you cut it up into small enough pieces, you could probably eat almost any paper. Probably yes. Right. I but think the photograph is more of an issue. I'm sure kids in high school, before there were telephone uh, cellular telephones, Jerry, where you could put the answers on your phone or write it on you. Right. You wrote it on a little piece were of you paper. A big cheater. I was not a cheater. Afraid you get caught, right? Yeah. Well, I was a C student, so I didn't really need to cheat. <laughs> there was no need. <laughs> no. But, you know, then you would eat your cheat cheat, as they would say. Yeah, no, I never did that. Oh. Never did that. But I do agree. Some of these stories from the players coming over from Cuba and other islands are, and the smuggling, I mean, it is really bad stuff, and you can totally understand why he did it. You know, it's a great uh, 30 for 30, the one on El Duque and his brother. Saw that. That's yep. a great one. We'll take a quick break. Boomer and Carton, top of the hour on the fan. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Al and Jerry. It's like a podcast on the radio, sort of. All right, a couple minutes till Boomer and Carton at the top. Knicks did beat the Magic last night, 101-90, and our friend Brooke Lopez goes over 10,000 points, and the Nets actually won a game. Do you realize... And I know you're not going to talk about the Nets very much, but they beat the Kings last night, 109-100. They hadn't won a game since January 20th. It's March. Yeah, listen to Harris Allen coming in. He played a Bob Huesler clip. Yeah. Uh, Huesler was doing that game. Yes, he was out there in Sacramento. Yes, that was uh, a long drought, Jerry. 16 games. And did you see this Jimmer Fredette is uh, the MVP in China? Good for him. I guess he beat out. Is Marbury still playing in that league? I, I That I don't know. Right. But, uh, you know, he had a game where he scored 73 points. I guess it was going down for him. Good Meanwhile, for him. we had him here on the Knicks. Never got on the floor. Why doesn't that translate, Jerry, the basketball in China because I think, to the NBA? I think we take for granted sometimes how talented and how um, supremely athletic the NBA players are. I, I think that's it. But if he can shoot the ball in China. Because you don't have as much time to shoot the ball here as you might there. You know, sometimes it's quick, man. Catch, shoot. You've got to be decisive. you got to get that ball up and down. Different leagues will give you more time, more spacing. This is tough. I mean, a lot of guys will say when they first hit the NBA floor how fast it is and how quickly guys are right on top of you. Right. It's not that easy. Not if you're playing the Knicks. I I suppose not if you're playing the Knicks, but other NBA teams. I also would think, like, if I was living in China, I would not want to – I'd be afraid to go out because it's something different. So I would just be shooting baskets all day long in the gym. So you think he got better because he (laughs) was bored and afraid. Not bored. Uh Afraid. Yeah. What do you call that? Like a fish out of water. He doesn't know China. Not at all. He doesn't know where he goes. Boomer and Carton now on the phone. 